So today, we, we are doing what we call One Child Weekend, and I'm going to tell you more about that towards the end of the message. But uh, really, wanna, what today is about is child sponsorship. Now, this is not where you leave your kids back in City Kid for a week, and you come back next week <laughs> hoping somebody has sponsored them, okay? That's not what it's about today. We're actually going to sponsor kids all the way around the world in the country of Jordan, and I'm going to tell you more about it in a little bit, but uh, our mission here at City Hope is really, really simple. We love God, we love people, and we do what? Give hope. That's what we do. We give people hope, and the way we give people hope is by serving them, like we help them know God, we help them find freedom, we help them discover purpose, we help people make a difference with their lives, but... But we do that through serving them. We, we don't just serve people when there's a disaster. We don't just serve people when there's a crisis. Come on, somebody. We serve people all the time locally. We had first Saturday serve yesterday where 450 meals were given out at Sputter Park yesterday because some people painted the town red and just went and served people yesterday. We, had, we, we do that on a regular basis. Uh, this week is Teacher Appreciation Week. And every school that we weren't able to bless back in Love Week... We're going to be able to bless this week with breakfasts and things like that. And so it's, it's, it's making a difference. We're serving people throughout uh, every day that we, that we can. And we do it locally, but we do it nationally. And we help plant churches. So by the end of this year, we're part of an organization that will have helped plant a thousand churches all across America, everybody. Come on, that's what we do. We want to bring the gospel to America. But then... Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the world. And so we've decided that that's what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to take that lightly. And we're going to go into all the world. And we have missions in Cuba. We have missions in Pakistan. We have missions in Israel. And today we're going we're gonna to begin a partnership with missions in the country of Jordan. And so I'm excited to tell you what that's about here in a little bit. But here's, here's the thing. I've always wanted a church, I've always wanted a church that wasn't just about us. Can I get a witness? I know, that, I know that that's a different mindset than what most churches are, but I've always wanted a church where we took our eyes off of us and we put them on somebody else. And we said, there's still people in our community that are vulnerable and marginalized and, and they're, they're, they live in a different side of town than we do and they don't have access to the things that we have access to. And I've wanted a church where we could just put our eyes on somebody else and help somebody else. Amen? So... I think it's important every once in a while to just remind us as a church why we're here. That we, like the church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for people who aren't here yet. Come on, say that again. We are the church and we exist for people who haven't walked through these doors yet. So you might say, well, Pastor Ben, do you really, do, do we really, do we really have to have three services at City Hope? Yeah. Are you, are you not satisfied with three? No, I'm not satisfied. Because there's more people that haven't been here yet. There's more people that don't know Jesus. Now, do you really think, Pastor Ben, do you really think we're going to have to you know, add another service? Is it really important for us to shift these service times so that more people can come to the house of God to hear about Jesus who can change their life and set them free and give them hope and salvation? Yes. Why? Because... Because as long as heaven and hell are real, we got some work to do. 
Come on. We can't get satisfied. We can't become complacent with where things are and how things are going. God cares. And so I think we ought to care. Amen? So, um, so my, my promise is that we're not going to put it on cruise control. We're not just going to coast our way through church. Man, we have a mission and we have a purpose, and that is to help people know who Jesus Christ is. So before I talk about one child, I wanted to give you a message today on how to be rich. And it's not what you think it is. All right? Don't tune me out. Or it's just a money talk. It's not even a money talk. How to be rich. It reminds me of that, uh, the, the artist who sang, I think it was the artist Callaway, who sang, I want to be rich. Come on, if you know it. Oh, I want to be rich. Uh, whoa, I want to be rich. Whoa, I want to be rich for a little love, peace, and happiness. All right. Some of y'all don't, y'all don't even know the song. Where, you, where y'all been? We had to teach y'all a thing or two, right? Just, so it's not about being rich. This talk's not about that. But if I asked you today, if I said, how many of you are rich? I think very few of you would raise your hand. Probably nobody would raise your hands, right? Because we think being rich is having more than what we have right now. It's, it's, it's more money than what we have. But if I asked you, are you blessed? I think everybody would raise your hands. And here's my, here's my proposal today. That I think if you are blessed, then you are rich. If you're blessed, you're rich. The, the word blessed just simply means to have more than you need. And I think most of you would say, ah, yeah, I've got more than we need. I mean, we, we probably don't handle things exactly the way we should. I mean, you know, we probably eat out a lot. I've got really, and when you boil it down, I've got more than I need. And so... That's, what, that's the idea of today, that being rich has nothing to do with your wealth, your accumulation, your, your possessions, your, your materialistic things. It's not about that at all. Being rich is about what you do with the resources you do have. So I'll say it this way. It's not about how much you have or don't have. It's about what you do with what you have. That's a good place to say amen. Um, just letting you know. I'm going to say it again give you all a, a number two chance right here, all right? If it's not about how much you have or don't have, it's about what you do with what you have. Amen? Amen. Yes. What we, what we do with what God has given us. So I love what Psalm uh, 112 says. The psalmist here says, good will come to those who are generous. Good's going to come to the people who, who lend freely, who aren't just thinking about themselves, who, who are looking to help those who are marginalized and vulnerable and those who, who need a, a hand up every once in a while, good's going to come to the generous who conduct their affairs with justice. He says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Surely the people who, who have more than they need and who share it with other people will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. What, what is that? That's a legacy. You're going to have a legacy that's left on your behalf because you're not just focused on you, you're focused on somebody else. You're, you're taking your eyes off of yourself and you're saying, I'm going to make a difference in somebody else. So I'm, I just wanted to build a case today and kind of prove to you that we're rich, all right? We're rich. And I want to prove it to you by our rich people problems, okay? Rich people problems, a couple memes that I created this week. I'm starving. 
but all we have is leftovers. All we have is leftovers. Uh huh. Um, I can't park in my garage because it's so full of stuff. Yeah, we we rich, we rich. How about uh, the remote is over there, but I'm all the way over here. It's it's so far. How about my new iPhone's too big for my skinny jeans? Can't fit it in my skinny jeans. I got a job, but now I'm gonna have to wake up early again. I just don't. I can't do it. I, I, I love this one. My favorite. There's nothing to drink at home except an endless supply of fresh, clean drinking water. Come on, somebody. We got some rich people problems. I just thought we'd have a little bit of fun with that. We got some rich people problems. But for real, uh, Paul said it this way. Paul says in 1 Timothy, he's talking to Timothy, writing a letter here. And he says, command those who are rich, who have more than they need. That's us. We're rich in this present world to not be arrogant or put their hope in wealth. In other words, don't put your hope in a paycheck. Don't put your hope in, in a 401k. Don't put your hope in, in a government stimulus even. Come on, somebody. Put, why? Because it's uncertain. It might, it might be here. It might not. What do you think about Social Security? I think it's so-so security. It might be here. It might not. You don't know, right? So, like, don't put your hope in wealth. Because it's uncertain. But what do you do? Put your hope in God, everybody. Put your hope in God who richly provides us. He gives us more than we need for our enjoyment. And Paul goes on to say, command them to do good. Take what we have. Do good with what we have. Be rich in good deeds. And and be generous. Be willing to share. So, Today's message is not a message of guilt. I need you to know that. Just wipe the guilt. If you're already feeling guilty, just no guilt. Because guilt is a poor motivator. Guilt doesn't do anything for anybody. It's a bad motivator. But here's the thing. What God wants for us is not for us to be guilty. He wants us to be responsible. Now, that was another good place to say amen right there. I'm going to rewind. That God doesn't want us to be guilty. He wants us to be responsible. Yes. There we go. There we go. There we go. He wants us responsible. He really does. So uh, what does he want? He wants us to realize how blessed we are. He wants us to realize that we have more than we need. So then what's the question? What's the more for? What's the more for? Why does he give us more? And I want to show you. I want to show you why. In Isaiah chapter 58, this is a passage of scripture where Isaiah was prophet, he was writing to the people of Israel, the people of God, Christians before they were called Christians, all right? Um, The people of God. And he's writing to them in a time where they're so focused on tradition. They're so focused on the rich tradition that there's no rich relationship with God. It's all about the rules. It's all about the rituals. It's all about routines. And Isaiah is trying to show them God's trying to show them it's not about that, guys. It's not about that at all. So Isaiah 58, it says, Is this the kind of fast that I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Let's time out right there. You could change the word fast for church or small group or 
outreach? Like, is this the kind of church service I want where you just kind of check in once a week and you do your thing and you go home and you feel better about yourself? Is that what I want for you? Is this the kind of small group I want you to go to? Is one that just kind of, you know, is surface level? Is this the kind of outreach where you're just doing things to make yourself feel good? And he, he says, is it only for, for bowing your head like a reed or lying in sackcloth and ashes? That's what they used to do. They would, they would do this to let everybody know that they were so holy. Look what I have done. I am so holy. I put ashes on my head. That's, okay, that's weird too. I don't understand it, but it's okay. Uh, and you're wearing sackcloth. You're wearing burlap. Oh, that's weird, my friend. So God says, is this what you call a fast? Is this what I really want for you? A day acceptable to the Lord. Is this, is this it? And then I, I, God continues and he says, is, is, it, is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? Here's what God wants. What I really want from you, City Hope, what I really want from you, people of God in Wichita Falls, is I want you to loose the chains of injustice on some people. I want you to untie the cords of the yoke. I want you to set the oppressed free. I want you to break every yoke that's hindering people in Wichita Falls. Is, is it not to share your food with people? With the hungry? Is it not to set up over at Sputter Park once a month and just love on people with nothing in return? Come on, that's what he wants from us. To provide the poor wanderer with shelter. And, and when you see the naked, the person who's out in the cold and they don't have a winter coat, but you've got six at home, so you take yours off and you give it to them because they're naked and they don't have something to keep them warm. Is that not what I want from you? To, to, to not, don't turn away from your own flesh and blood, God says. Huh. And here's, here, I, here's, I love this. I love this because essentially God is saying, if you'll do this, if you'll do these things, then I'm gonna come right back at you with 12 promises. That if you'll do your part, then I'll do my part. And City Hope, I want us to do our part. I want us to make a difference in our city, in our nation, and in our world. And this is what God says, that if you'll do your part, if you'll help the vulnerable, the marginalized, the needy, the people that don't look or act or dress or talk like you, if you'll do something to make a difference in their lives, then your light will break forth like the dawn. There's 12 promises he gives us. That's one. And your healing will quickly appear, two. And then your righteousness will go before you, three. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard, four. And then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and he will say, here I am, that's five. Uh, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, the malicious talk, if you spend yourselves for the hungry in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Six, then the Lord will guide you always. Seven, he will satisfy you, your needs in a sun-scorched land, also known as Wichita Falls, Texas. Eight, and he will strengthen your frame. Nine, you'll be like a well-watered garden whose springs never fail. Ten, and your people will rebuild the ancient ruins of Wichita Falls. Come on, there's some ancient ruins in our city. We're going to rebuild the age-old foundations. Eleven, you're going to be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. Twelve promises. If we'll do our part, God does his part. Amen. We'll do, let's do our part. 
Let's, let's not back down. Let's not get comfortable. Let's not get complacent, but let's do our part and God will show up in our lives in a powerful way. Do you believe that today? I believe it. So God's looking for some people who will be responsible. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for some people who'll say, I'll go, I'll do it. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, you can have it all. That's who he's looking for. Some people who say, you can have it, you can have it all. And so here's three reasons why I believe God gives us more. Three reasons he gives us more. Number one is because every name Every number has a name. God gives us more because every, every number in Wichita Falls, Texas, every person who, who is uh, who's sleeping under a bridge, every person who's battling an addiction, every person who's given up on hope and God, they have a name. And, and every name has a story. Every name has a story. There's some people... Man, they're going through some things. They're battling some things. They've got some issues, and we've all got issues, right? We've all got issues. Every name has a story. And then number three, every story matters to God. He gives us more because people matter to him. And if people matter to him, guess, guess what? They matter to us as a church. They matter to us as a church, whether it's locally nationally or internationally they matter to us so i was thinking about if you love somebody you do what they love don't you think about it for a second if you love somebody you're gonna do what they love guys uh, that's why we watch chick flicks with girls they don't call it a, a, a guy flick they call it a chick flick right it's, that's why we do it. It's because we, we love our girl. Um, I know we're in Texas, and so some of you ladies might like mudding. I'm not sure. But girls, it's probably why you would go mudding with the guys because you love him, right? You just love him. You, you'll do what he likes to do just because you love him. So I would say to us today that if we love Jesus, then we would do what he likes, that we would do what he wants us to do. Can I get a witness there? I'm not, I'm not baiting you into anything today, but if we love Jesus, we'll do what he wants us to do. And so uh, today, what I wanted to do was give you an opportunity. On your way in, you saw uh, some stuff uh, out there in the lobby, some kid profiles, and, and uh, we're, we're entering into a partnership with an organization called One Child. And... Um, I wanted to take a few minutes and just kind of share with you what One Child is really all about, what, what, our, what this partnership is going to look like, and how you can make a difference all the way around the globe through One Child. And, and uh, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm not asking you for anything today, I'm just asking you to ask God what he wants you to do, okay? So you're going to have an opportunity to sponsor kids if you'd like to do that, but I'm, I'm, we never put pressure on you, we never put compulsion, never do that. But we're just asking you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do and then respond to what he wants you to do, okay? All right? So here's what I want to do. Take a look at the screen and let's, let's check out a little bit about One Child. Dear God, this is Lionel from Zimbabwe. Thank you for always listening to my prayers. I know you hear me. 
and I know you love me. We don't have much, and life can be very difficult where we live. But I want to thank you for helping my mom and me. When you brought one child matters into our community a few years ago, it changed everything. They gave me food, good clothes to wear, and they helped me in school. When I am there, I learn more about you, that you love me, and that you have a special purpose for my life. I'm learning so much, and now I have so many friends. I am no longer shy or afraid. But the best thing of all is that you gave me a sponsor in America that loves me. She even sends me pictures of her and her family. And I love reading her letters. They always make me smile. She cares for me and my mom. And she's always praying for us. She may live very far away, but she is always in my heart. I love her. Today I sent a letter to her and included a drawing of my plane. It is so fast and can fly very far. And this is good because one day I want to be a pilot so that I can fly all the one child matters children with me to meet our sponsors. We want to tell them thank you and show them they are changing the world. Please God, can you help my dream come true? Man, isn't that a good story? Come on, let's just, uh, let's thank God for a story like Lionel's. <laughs> and will you help me welcome Brandon Ramey with One Child Matters today with One Child. Come on, help me welcome Brandon. <laughs> so uh, interesting fact about Brandon and I is that we met uh, a little over a year ago, the week that the world began to shut down because of COVID. We were on a ski trip together and everything started shutting down and we were trying to enjoy skiing, but we were also exactly. trying to figure out how are we going to pastor churches in, uh, in, in this, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it was a wild week. It was. For it was everybody. So good. so good. So Brandon's here with one child and uh, so excited about this partnership that we have together. Tell us a little bit about why it's called One Child. What, what, where did the name come from? Because, you know, you know if, if only one child matters, then my child matters, right? right. You know what I'm saying? So. It's a competition. Yeah. Uh, one, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Uh, like Pastor Ben said, man, we were able to be with each other last year, uh, which seems like a decade ago. Um, but it's honestly a great privilege to be in this building 
because uh, I was able to visit at the later part of last year when it was still under construction. So to see it built out, this is a, this is a beautiful, beautiful church. And so you guys uh, are privileged and lucky, and it's been an honor just to see it, to be toured around it. So thanks for having me. Uh, so One Child, yeah, we got our name. Um, basically, we, we've been around for 60 years. So we started as an orphanage in India, and over the course of 60 years, we have transformed into who we are today, which is a child development organization ministry. So we work with kids in 14 countries all over the world. And so our name has shifted over the years. And so one child really represents the core of what we believe. And that is, I don't know if you're like me, uh, but when you think about global poverty and you think about the statistics about hundreds of millions of people that live in global poverty, and then you break that down into kids. So you talk about food shortages, starvation, waterborne diseases. You talk about lack of access to clean water. You talk about trafficking. You talk about all of these things that exist in impoverished places. It's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. And when I get overwhelmed, so when I walk into my house and it's, it's just a mess, I get very overwhelmed. And I can either try to clean it or I can go binge watch Netflix. And I'm going to be honest, binge watching Netflix often seems like the easier decision in that moment because I become overwhelmed. And when you become overwhelmed, you become immobilized. And it just seems easier to do nothing than to try to do something that seems so impossible. But one child represents is that even though the statistics are large, we can still make a difference in the life of one child. And the way that we break down those statistics and we chip away at those numbers of the massive overwhelming realities that exist for kids in poverty is that we say, I can't do everything for everyone, but I can do something for a significant someone. I can do something for a child. I can make a difference in that life. And if I can make a difference in that life, guess what? You make a difference in generations because their life will be forever changed. And then those who come after them, their lives will be forever changed. And that cycle of change for the positive is what changes statistics. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Do for, uh, Andy Stanley, pastor of North Point Church in Atlanta, Georgia, says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Just do, do for one child what you wish you could yeah. do for every child. So I, I love that. So um, today's about child sponsorship. So tell us a little bit about what does it mean to sponsor a child? What happens if we sponsor a child today? What, what do they get in return for what we do? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we work in 14 countries all over the world. And uh, our aim is to work in, in hard places, difficult places. And so that difficult could look different for every different country. It could be because of physical poverty. It could be due to spiritual poverty, or it could just be a physically hard area to get to practically. Uh, And so we say, hey, we'll go. And what we do is we work through local churches in those countries. And where we can't work through a local church, we work through local schools. And we refer to those churches, we refer to those schools as hope centers. And so that Hope Center is a beacon in that community where kids are able to come in and receive the benefits of what sponsorship provides. So there's a saying out there that if you can take a picture of it, that's not poverty. But poverty is really the whisper in the wind of the ear of a child that they'll never be enough. So maybe you've seen photos of what poverty looks like, but that's just the image of poverty. But the real poverty is that this is my life. And this is all my life is ever going to be. This is all I'm ever going to have. This is all I'm ever going to experience. And this is all that my kids will probably ever experience because it's what I'm experiencing. That's the truth of poverty. And what sponsorship does is it screams louder than that voice that, no, you are more than enough. You are made in the image of God. You have worth. You have value. You have dignity. And we want to show you that despite the circumstances surrounding you. And so through that local church, that Hope Center, kids come in and they receive the benefits or the practicals of what that program 
offers. And so they get to come in and be a part of a, a place where they get educational support, they get medical care, they get nutritional meals. They're surrounded by a group of people who we refer to as child champions, which is really who we are, a global community of people who champion kids, who say you are more than enough. And they love on those kids. They believe in those kids. They listen to those kids. And then they, most importantly, they get to hear about Jesus. They get to hear the, the hope and the source of their hope is Christ and Christ alone. And so when a kid comes into this place, they have access to opportunities that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And here's the thing about sponsorship. So the practical is, yes, sponsorship is a, uh, it's a monthly support. It's $39 a month. There's an option to do 45, which means that you're going to help with kids who are unsponsored. That's the practical. The program is what they get to receive, right? Medical care, nutrition, educational support. But then there's a power. There's a power behind sponsorship. And the power behind sponsorship is when you have access to opportunities that you never would have had otherwise, two things exist. One is hope, hope that tomorrow can look different, hope that this isn't going to be my life, hope that my generation after me, even my family currently can benefit from this, and then dreams. Who can I become? Maybe I can become a teacher. Maybe I become a a pilot like Lionel. Maybe I can become something that I'm currently not because I hope that tomorrow can look different and I'm dreaming about what that difference can be. And the relational value between a sponsor, you, an individual, myself, and a child is really where the power also exists. So Lionel's not a paid child actor. That's, Lionel's actually in Zimbabwe. He's one of our kids in the program. And we have a follow-up video where Lionel gets to meet his sponsor, Wanda. And over the course of years, what you didn't hear in that video, which is in our second one, is that Wanda would continually write Lionel for years. And they would refer to each other as like his grandmother and her grandson and this family bond. And they would send family photos. And there's this deep connection between Wanda and Lionel. And so when she finally flew to Zimbabwe to see Lionel, it was just this beautiful moment because that's what sponsorship is. It's not just a monthly support. It is a relational equity. It is saying, I want to let my story that God has created and birthed in me I want it to be woven into your story. I want the Lord to use my life to be a light into your life. And that's really where the power of what this is, is there are programmatic sides to it, there are practical sides to it, but there is a powerful side to it, and that is relationship, that is hope, and that is dreams. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you know, a lot of times in, um, you guys know that we've never done something. This is the first time we've ever had, and you should feel very special, Brandon. We've ever had a special guest and talk about mission stuff on, on a Sunday because we just, we, we hold very tightly what we are willing to support and what we're willing to send money to and resource to and what we're willing to ask you to do. But I know sometimes in these settings, uh, it's like, um, well, I don't understand why we're supporting all these kids over there in, yep. in Jordan when we've got a bunch right here in Wichita Falls. My goodness, right? I, I understand that. But you already know that we're doing our part here, aren't yeah. we? We're making a difference here. So we haven't forgotten anybody locally or nationally. We're just adding this to our, yeah. to our ability to make a difference. And so um, uh, the reason why we chose the country Jordan uh, to support the kids, uh, they have 14 countries that they uh, do child sponsors in. We chose Jordan because it's in the, the 1040 window. The 1040 window is the latitude and longitude of, uh, of a part of the world from like uh, North Africa over to China, uh, Russia. It's, it's this small window like this. Just Google 1040 window. And 
The reason why it's so important is because it is where two-thirds of the world's population live. 4.4 billion people live in the 1040 window, all right? That's, that's a lot of people, everybody. Only 2% of those people are Christians. Only 2% profess to know Jesus Christ. That's, that's huge. Um, 85% of the world's poorest people are in the 1040 window. And then uh, this, one, this one's huge. 100% of all the world's terrorism originates in the 1040 window. Think about that for a second. So if we can make a difference through some kids in Jordan, man, imagine what we could do. Imagine if a revival broke out in Jordan because we're, because we're taking care of some educational needs, some clothing, some food, but giving them Jesus in the process. So that's what I love about it. I love it. And uh, we, we chose one child because, um, you, know, you know, there's not... There's a lot of different child sponsor programs out there. You've probably heard of some, right? You go to a concert and, and you see them at the concert or, you, you know, at a conference or something like that. We chose one child uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one of them is because they, they do the most good with what we give when we support, right? Every, every dollar that we give to support a child, like, it's being used to support that child. Very little of it is going to overhead but, but then on top of that is, I love that you're working through local churches. So they're, they're given the gospel. Come on, it, it's not justice if we don't give them Jesus. Like uh, social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. I'm a, that was pretty good. Tweet that if you feel like it later on. Uh, social justice without spiritual justice is not justice. I love that, but also love that, that you're not gonna... You're not going to send us uh, constant fundraising opportunities. Give here, give there when, when we're already supporting and making a difference. And so 39 bucks to support a child. And then 45 to, to, um, to give towards other, like it, it helps other kids too, right? Kids that are not sponsored. So tell us um, what's next. Like if, if they're sitting out here going, I got to get out there. I got, I got to see who I can adopt. Yeah. Who can I sponsor? What do they do? Yeah, well, one, thanks for even mentioning that, because we do get a lot of people who ask, well, you know, well, are you doing anything here? And, you know, the reality is that in the countries we work in, they don't have governmental assistance. They don't have stimulus checks. They don't have programs. They don't have state funding. They don't have local churches all the time like yourselves, which is why we come alongside local churches to help. In fact, there are kids that we work with in the Philippines who are so poor that the government doesn't even recognize them as citizens because of where they are. And uh, so those are the realities, and so that's why we choose. Because there's places that exist here, our calling is to go there. And so today, yeah, I mean, I think there's always the practical of, like you said earlier, you know, talk to God, ask God, what would you have me do? I just happen to believe, because everywhere I read in Scripture, Jesus is always on the side of the widow, the orphan, and of children. In fact, he would rebuke his disciples before he would rebuke a child. And in fact... The little boy with the fish and loaves was the hero of the day because he's the one who recognized he had something in his hand when the disciples said, we have nothing to do. We, we can't feed these people. Yeah, that's good. So Jesus is always for, for kids, and so I just believe that. Um, but outside, practically, we've got that profile stand, and there are kids from Jordan, which is what's beautiful about this partnership. This isn't, this isn't one child. In fact, when you go out there, City Hope is, is labeled, is branded with one child because this is a relationship. So these kids are coming from the same area in Jordan because City Hope has decided we're going to partner in that specific place because we want to have long-term vision into that. 
And so this is from your pastor, this is from your leaders, this is from you guys saying, we want to be a part of Jordan in these kids' lives. So all the kids come from the same place, so you can go visit those kids on short-term mission trips. And Jordan is one of my most favorite countries to visit. There are so many biblical sites, Jesus' baptismal, Mount Nebo, where God took Moses and showed him the promised land. You've got Petra from, this isn't biblical, but, you know, uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. You've got Petra (laughs) right there. Super amazing to go see. It's beautiful. And then you've got this incredible opportunity to see kids who your story is woven into. And that's, and that's the power of partnership, is the ability to not just see a picture on a fridge, but to see a face in real life. And so outside, we've got the profiles of the kids that are available to be sponsored. And so all you have to do is, it's like this. This is Fadi. He's six years old. He's got his birth date um, right here, his age. And then you just flip it on the inside if you want to read a little bit more about him. This is his bio, a little bit about me. And then this is the part right here, which is the practical part for you, which is just your information. And then once you fill that part out, you're going to tear that off or hand it to me and I'll tear it off. It's perforated. And then you can take the profile home. The big important thing is you don't leave with the profile. Like if you're thinking about it or or you're you're like, well, I'll fill this out at home. Don't do that because then it won't happen. He'll get lost in, in whatever. And so today we want you to go ahead and fill that out and then hand it to me. I'll tear that part off and then you can take the profile home. You get a welcome packet in a few weeks. You can set up an online profile. There's a lot of different things that you get to do. And I always tell people it's like any relationship. The more you invest into it, the more you get from it. So if you're writing letters and you're sending thoughts of encouragement and family photos and you're saying, I'm praying for you and I believe in you, then you're gonna get way more back from that. You're going to get way more correspondence. Uh, so anyways, I'm out there to help answer any practical information that you might have that comes up. Um, but I'd love to come uh, and talk with you more about uh, what it is that we do and let you see some of the kids and ho- hopefully fill out a form and hand it to myself. And then, yeah, I think it's going to be a beautiful day. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, let's give uh, some thanks to Brandon from One Child. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Our family is planning to support a child, and uh, I was talking to him this week about it. You know, we have four boys in our, in our family, and so I thought that they would be sold on a sister, but they weren't. I'm like, so what do you guys think? Uh, you want to you wanna, uh, wanna sponsor a, a girl? They're like, no, we're going to have a boy, you know, basketball, football. I'm like, okay, I, I for sure thought it was going to be a sister, so, uh, so we're, gonna, we're sponsoring a child as well. I'll never ask you to do something that we're not going to do, and so... Uh, so would you bow your heads with me today and, and um, ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you today. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart today? For you, uh, maybe the next step for you is sponsoring a child. Maybe the next step for you is that you, you would uh, take a leap of faith and for $39 a month, you would make a difference in a child in Jordan. You would help them come to know Jesus. You, you would take care of them socially but also spiritually and that's huge but for some of you here today maybe your next step is not sponsoring a child maybe it's not adopting a child maybe you're the one that needs to be adopted today maybe you're the one who's far from God you're the one who doesn't have a relationship with God and the reason Jesus came was he died on the cross so that you could have a relationship, so that you could become part of God's family, so that you could become part of, part of the kingdom of God. And so if you're here today and you're far from God, you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, but you want to. Like you, you wanna be part of the family of God. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. And I'm gonna ask you to just respond.
I think, I think that decision demands a response and I'm not gonna embarrass you and I won't single you out. But if you would just say, Ben, I want to be part of the family of God. I'm far from God, but I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna surrender control of my life to Jesus. I wanna be part of the family of God. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three, just slip up your hand. God bless you. Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Three, four hands. Anybody else? Anybody in the balcony? Thank you, five. Anybody else would say, that's me, Ben. Thank you, thank you, I see you. Who else would say, I'm, I'm ready to go all in for Jesus? Six. Six hands up. Come on, anybody else would say, that's me, Ben. I want to be part of the family of God. Seven. Amen. Come on, will you, will you say this prayer with me today? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Will you forgive me for doing things my way? I accept Jesus as my Savior. I want to be part of your family. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Make me new. Give me a fresh start. A new beginning. I believe in you. And from this day forward, I will follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today for seven people who said, I'm going all in today. I'm giving all that I have to Jesus to be part of his family. Amen.